Welcome to the Check Your Six podcast. Join your hosts, Air Force veterans Craig Lyson and Tim Proctor as they continue their conversation about the challenges of small business ownership as well as information, tips and guest speakers, all designed to help you navigate the potential stormy weather that is small business. And now, here are your hosts, Craig and Tim. Hey, man, how are you doing today? Hey, man, how's everything going? Hey, you got my message about ding and dong, right? Ding and dong, yep. You so don't want to use dumb and dumber. No, that's what it's so. Or you can be ding and I'll be dong. Okay, Pete and repeat and ding and dong. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's a, okay, I'm okay with that. Just, hey, you or whatever you want to call ourselves, we're fine with that. But you, you're looking good today? You're, you're feeling good? Feeling? Yeah, I've been feeling great for the last three weeks. Perfect. That's awesome. Excellent. Yeah, a little slam there. Um, so tell people who you are and how they get a hold of you. Hey, this is Vets Growth, and you can contact me by phone. It's 407-754-5779. And I want to thank all of you that have been responding to me at uh, info at vetsgrowth.com. Hey, we've been getting a lot of good downloads. You've been getting a ton of spam emails, haven't you? Yeah, I'm getting about 500 uh, a half a day. Wow. No wonder you have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to read the emails. That's just called it takes me an hour to get out of bed at my age. <laughs> that's that's probably true. That's probably true. Well, I'm Tim Proctor with GRP Studios here in the lovely GRP Studios in Longwood, 407-862-6882 or Tim at grpstudios.com. Today we have an interesting guest in here. I met with him a couple of months ago and we had a nice long conversation. Jamie Miller, Art of Conscious Communication. The title of today's show is I think, therefore, I am. Who said that? Jamie Miller? Well, it was a little bit before Jamie Miller. Do you, <laughs> yeah. do you know? Uh, I, I, I'm 44 years of age, so if it came before then, it okay. wasn't yeah. from me. <laughs> Rene Descartes, the, the father of modern philosophy, so to speak. But uh, yeah, he says, I think, therefore, I am. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before you go any further, every time you ask these questions, you do the research. You know the answers. I did not do the research because you didn't let me know beforehand. I didn't send that to you earlier. I'm 67, so I know it was way before my time. <laughs> yeah, you're talking 1596 area. So <laughs> I think that was a little bit before we were born. So we do have Jamie Miller in here today. And Jamie, welcome. Cool accent. We love having people over here with the accent from over the pond. It's great to have you in here. Thanks for coming in and sharing your day with us today. I'm, I'm appreciative for being here. I've been told that I'm, I should keep the accent. I've I've been told. Oh, I would. Times it helps. So. Oh heck it, yeah! Well, you know the proper English. We know what he's saying. Us, we slang. Well, the young lady that does our intro, India Quinn. She's actually, I think she's from Ireland. She lives in Australia. But I wanted somebody with kind of an Irish or uh, with a Australian English accent to do our thing, and and she did it. So I just I think it's cool. You you spent some time over in. England. I loved England. I I got one day to go sightseeing, and I took every advantage of it. But when I was older, I met a lot of great people. They're very, they're true to the word, and uh, it was just a great bonding. I really enjoyed the country. So you have been over here since about 96. Tell us a little bit about you, your background, and then we'll get into the art of conscious communication. Okay. I'm a proud American now. I drive a truck, all right? Like, yes. So, Do you have a gun uh, rack in the back? I don't have a gun rack. You okay. know, I come from a country where the police don't even carry guns. So That's true. My theory on it was... We leave a legacy for our future generations, and my dad never left a legacy on teaching me proper gun ownership. However, I'm 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 someone when I live in this country, it's kind of like a, when you go in someone's home, you shouldn't tell them how you think their home should be run. So I pledge allegiance to the flag. My kids are proud Americans, born and raised here. 
And it took me 17 years to get my citizenship through going through the process of start to finish. So it's it's a it's a big accomplishment. It's biggest accomplishment in my life. Funny enough, even though we're going to talk about what I figured out what I want to be when I grow up two years ago, like being in America and knowing my kids don't have to go through any immigration loopholes or anything of that nature in order to be able to enjoy the opportunities here. Definitely a big uh, scenario. Yeah, you were talking before we uh, came in here that you love being here. You love this country, just the things that you're able to do, the freedom that you're able to have. He and I are both veterans. We love this. We love this country as well. We love being able to come in and sit down and talk to you and kind of get an idea who you are just because we can do that. You said over and over the pond, this would be like nothing. Do they not have podcasts or Uh, do they just, do your mates just not care? It would be, well, there's a couple of things probably to that. First off, it'd be wrong for me to completely comment on England totally because I haven't lived there for 17 years. Uh, for 20, well, uh, 96. We're talking like 25 years now of not living there. However, my belief is that self-development, investment in self, you know, for learning is not as prevalent in the UK as it is here. And the other nature is this, the people that I speak to in England, if you could imagine, there might be people you grew up with, you went to high school with, good friends of yours, who wouldn't believe that you have a podcast. Like they wouldn't believe, like, they, oh, yeah. they, they, so, I'm sure. so, so my mates who knew me growing up are like, you're teaching people how to communicate. Like it, it's <laughs> from that scenario, yet they don't realize what I've been doing for the last 20 years to put myself into a place that I can now actually teach people. so so talk about that a little bit what have you been doing for the past 20 years that put you in a position where you said i need to do this now okay so i would say hopefully your audience is a kind of audience where they understand there's there's growth in people you don't just start out knowing something and you learn and so for two decades i was involved in what they call probably the seminar industry over here and for 10 years i would say i was very good at telling people why they should do something all right, from a communication standpoint, it's speaking with this glorious accent over here. And all of a sudden, it sounds very fancy, very smart. And I'm telling people stuff. And then at age 29 to 30, there was a major epiphany shift. I started getting educated in terms of it's never good to tell people things if you can get them to tell themselves. It's way more sophisticated when you can get someone else in front of you to tell them what they think they should do and make it their idea along the process. And that's actually a big reason why you and I came into life, Tim. From this standpoint, I looked at a lot of my clients I've got, and they're all, the, the best ones were all former military. And there was one common theme between them all. They all told me, Jamie, when we're in the military, as great as it is, we're only used to top-down communication. All right, Either they're delivering top-down communication down, or they're receiving it from up above. And when we get into what you'd probably call civilian life or entrepreneurialism or a veteran goes and becomes a financial advisor with an Edward Jones or something of that nature, they're realizing their communication between it's not going to serve them if they're talking down to people, even in the generational change of how they engage with their kids. Their kids don't want to be told what to do. So I love where I get to teach veterans how they can actually have dialogue and make it the kid's idea. And they have a lot of fun with that. I have to agree with you because you're absolutely right. I I was going through the same thing. When I retired, I would talk down to a lot of people, and then I had to learn it quickly. But we only have 80,000 veterans here in Orlando, so I think your job's going to be very steady. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's basically just so at 42, I realized I didn't want to jump on airplanes anymore and go traveling on behalf of somebody else. 
And I was like, where do I provide value for another human being? And it's funny, you, you, you said the quote, I think, therefore I am. And here's what came to my mind. There are three things that I credit success. And I'm not a business coach yet. If uh, as someone who's done what I would, I'm very, very happy for the last two years of running something where you have to sleep this nice at the beginning, not knowing necessarily what comes next. There were three integral things that I think that I'd hope that come across powerful for, for anyone listening. One is a belief in yourself and what you bring to the table. If you believe in yourself and what you bring to the table, that's first foundational thing. Second thing is, can I get someone else to believe that I can help them? And the third thing, can I get someone else to place a value on what I bring them? If you have those three things, you can actually provide a very great living for you, for your family, put food on the table, go traveling, do things, just based on those things. And if you think about, I think, therefore I am, it's all around belief. One of the communication plays I teach, and without jumping ahead, believe is the single most powerful word on the planet in selling. When someone consciously asks another individual, do you believe that I can help you? Do you believe I can provide this service? And you get an emphatic yes from that kind of question. It's very difficult for that person not to proceed with what it is that you're offering. You know, so I'm, I'm hopeful, obviously, during this podcast, we're going to get to scenarios where I, I'll get people who are listening and thinking about, oh, my God, I'm saying that. And that's not what the person is hearing, like things like that, an epiphany. There's, and there's very amateur ones that we're programmed to ask people and we don't even realize. We'll talk about that from a networking standpoint as an yeah. entrepreneur. And that's why. I really want to make sure because you've spoken to corporations from a corporation standpoint. So you've gone and addressed in your prior life, you addressed corporations. Uh, I'm actually addressed more every day. So we talked about the American dream earlier, even before coming in here. Back in the day, before Facebook and stuff, it used to be an infomercial. Do you want to learn how to rehab properties and flip properties? And then you'd go along and you'd be sat in a, a ballroom in a hotel room. And then there'd be a person who would come, come to the front of the room and talk to you for an hour, an hour and a half. Hello. That was, that was you? That was me. Now, we took, I noticed that some of what uh, you've got here is about like talking about ethics. It's very important. They're not all created the same, right, the businesses that are out there. For me, it was always integral. Like, so when I was talking about rehabbing properties, I was rehabbing homes here. The fulfillment had to be there from that standpoint. So any clients I work with, they have to be ethical, good integrity, good morals, and actually be able to provide what it is that uh, they're suggesting, promising that they can provide. The key skill set, though, is if you've got a room of people, they say, Seinfeld says that joke, people fear public speaking more than they do death, meaning death, yes. they would rather be in the coffin than giving the eulogy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that before. People fear public speaking. It's like four to one or something. Death, public speaking. Ooh, let me think. Seriously? So for me, there was obviously that growth of it, fear of before getting in front of a room. You can have the fanciest accent in the world. Doesn't mean that you always have confidence in how someone's going to actually perceive it, right? So there was a lot of practice. There was a lot of years of growth and there was a lot of understanding. Here's an, hopefully another tidbit. And if people can really reflect this, people do things on emotions. They justify it with logic after the fact. Men typically think they're the most logical beings on the planet. Everything they do is seeded in an emotion first, and then they justify it with logic. I bought a truck based around one emotion. I don't mind being cool. Bummed. I wanted to feel like a man. Yeah, I get it. I 
True story. Like, so I, wait a minute, wait a minute, Tim. <clears throat> you drive a little car, right? I drive a little car. I had <laughs> I've had a truck since 1984 until three years ago, and now I am emasculated. I feel horrible. So yes, if people admit, like the the emotional thing, when when whenever anyone, if any of you are out there who are listening and you're sell, selling something, you've got to get the person in front of you to an emotional space around it. All right, you have to find out why would they love what it is that you're providing. If I go to a truck dealership and I've and someone said, why do you want a truck? And they knew to ask me that. And I was like, well, I'm divorced and I was pulling up to this traffic light in my Volkswagen CC, lovely car, and I see this guy with his, the window down, big arm out the window, and I'm like, I want to feel like that guy does. <laughs> if I get to the truck dealership and the salesperson there starts saying, oh, this truck has EcoBoost, it has these rims, it has this stereo, this... What they don't realize is they're oversharing information that's not pertinent to the sale. And what they're actually going to have me say back is, I don't care about all those things, so can you find me a truck that's cheaper? When if they realize, they just say, what do you think about this truck? And I'm like, oh my God, I love it. I'll pay a fortune for that truck. There's so many different areas in life where people will spend money on things they want. They'll never buy anything they need, but they'll always buy stuff that they want. Yeah, it's just yeah, just look at the credit card statements after Christmas so, time. So in, if you can in a short yeah. in a short brief, what is conscious communication? Okay. Conscious communication is not what we're saying. It's why we're saying something. All right. So for instance, it's understanding we're amateurs out there in our communication. The the the, the biggest skill that that we're really amateurs at is listening. That's the biggest one, all right? And I can prove that very easily. The second thing we do is we ask everyone in the world, how are you? That is a question. You guys can ask each other how you are all day long. You've known each other for years. If you're not well, like, how are you? It's when someone's calling up someone cold as a prospect. If someone calls me up and says, how are you? I say, well, since you ask, and then I go off on this tangent. Tell oh, them about my whole I day. love doing that. And then they hang up on me. Because they don't really care. My point is, is if, 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 and I'm not saying we don't care about our clients. We care deeply. It's just this better engaging conversation that you can have from that outset. Another one that people say, people say, I'm not here to sell you something. <laughs> right? Everyone in the world says, I'm, well, not everyone in the world. People that don't know any different, they say, or, or they'll say things. I'm not here to sell you something. Or I promise myself, I'm not a salesperson. The mere sharing of I'm not here to sell you something Think about what you hear the other side. I'm here That's, to sell you something. I'm here to sell you something. It's like uh, when someone calls you up cold and says, hi, this is so-and-so is so-and-so. The first inclination we want to do is hang up. right? But then when, when the person does it for their own business, they think, oh, my God, I love what I do and I'm different. But it's what the other person is hearing the other end of the phone. When You could be, you could be like, hi, I'm the king of England. All right? And it, it wouldn't. It's, hi, I'm Jamie. I'm the king of England. All they're hearing is, hi, I'm so-and-so with so-and-so. They're not actually registering anything different. It's you're starting out a call cold, and you're keeping it cold from the very, very start. People out there are saying, well, James, what's a better way? If I was calling you up, Tim, I would actually turn around, because this is not robotic. I'd be like, hey, hey, uh, you know, it's interesting. I've got your name here as Timothy. Is that is that your official name? What do your mates call you? Right, all of a sudden, if you say, my friends call me Tim. All of a sudden, I've separated myself from 99% out there in me like this, and I'm creating a warmer call from the get-go because I'm getting to call you by what you like to get called by. The second someone phones me up and says, it's James there, I'm like, you obviously don't know me. 
all right, and you're a cold call, if some, I would actually give someone so much respect if they turned around and said, hey, I've got your name here as James. Do you go by James, Jimmy, Jim? What do your friends call you? I'm like, Jamie. And then now they can refer to me as Jamie. Immediately, there's an elevation in your communication. That's just the examples where obviously, and obviously there's tons more, Tim. The idea is understanding why we're saying something to evoke what we need to in the other person. And that is the best way I can describe conscious communication. So it's just a minor change in the way you do things. You do that all the time when you go out to somebody, hey, can I just have a business card? And you I don't walk away. say, um, hi, I'm I'm with Vets Growth and I want to do something. Hey, can I have a business card from you? I really would appreciate it. Um, here's a couple of mine, but let me have a business card from you. And then it just walks away and then makes that contact later on. Just something slightly different than the normal. What if I was to elevate that here on the show? Would that be helpful? Elevate you know light. what? We're going to find out about that when we come back from the next segment. Use me okay. as a guinea pig. Think, okay, that's fine. I, I think we can do that. We can okay. figure out a way to do that. So we will be right back with the second half, and we're going to elevate Craig. I'm going to get taller like you guys? <laughs> Stay tuned. The guys will be right back with more on how to check your six. I'm Craig with Vets Growth also known as Veterans Business Alliance. We specialize in advertising, consulting, marketing, and public relations. Vets Growth is all about persistence, inspiration, innovation, and strategy. Your success is my passion. Contact me by phone at 407-754-5779. Vets Growth, the power of one network. We are back with the second half of Art of Conscious Communication. Jamie Miller is in the house. Are you ready to get educated on some stuff? Yeah. I, I mean, I just learned a trick. Now I can't even think of my train of thought anymore. <laughs> it's been, again, I really enjoyed the time that you and I sat down and talked about a lot of stuff off the air. I did the same thing that I did the first time we met in about practice and teaching and what you do. So we're typically about entrepreneur, emerging businesses. How does what you do help an entrepreneur? What do, what do you do for them? And how do you help them proceed and get better with what they're doing? Well, obviously, the first thing is entrepreneurs, they have to believe everyone says communication is so important. When you actually learn communication from a standpoint of understanding, what is the outcome I want? You'll stay away from certain doing certain things. Entrepreneur is a very lonely road, right? Like when you want to go and become an entrepreneur for your own business, you're not working for someone. If I may, I can give you an example of that you, you were saying like networking, right? I had a, a client who was an accountant, does taxes, all right? And he was going networking. Now networking, when he's getting in his car, he's putting gas in it, that's paying, right? He's getting suited, like not just like casual, he's like getting in a suit, prim proper, He's got a wife and kids that he's leaving for three to four hours of time. Time's the one commodity you're not getting back. So when you're going networking, it's not a nothingness. Like you should be going there, right, to try and help put food on your family's table. Anytime someone says these words to you, what do you do, is an opportunity to bring on a client. Every time when someone says to me, Jamie, what do you do? Within five minutes, I can bring on a client. And it's not me being, it, I'm very humble. It's not from an arrogant standpoint. It's from an understanding 
what do I want to ascertain at this point? So if someone is getting networking, if you're listening in, you're getting in your car, all right, and you're going to a networking event, the only thing you should be selling at that networking event is a future meeting. That is it. It's not to go off on a tangent. When someone says to you, what do you do? If you start your dialogue with, I do X, that's a statement. From a communication standpoint, anytime you make a statement, I will ask you, how do you know the other person in front of you values that? And here's the truth. You don't because it's a statement. It's not an engaging question about what you do. All right. There's other things. If you have a client next to you that's your own client, and if they were talking about you and how great you are, that's more powerful, right, than you saying it. So instead of saying an I statement, say my clients have shared. So for instance, in the example of an accountant, I turned around to my, my client and was like, what do you say? And he goes, I'm an accountant, I do taxes. I'm like, do you get anywhere with that? He goes, no. I'm like, okay. I said, what you want to sell is a meeting. And it's real simple and it's all formula based. So he said, well, what would you say? I said, okay, I'm an accountant. And he was from Pakistan, all right? So I said, I'm an accountant from Pakistan. Okay, ask me, what do you do? All right, just Tim. Just... All right, go ahead. So what do you do? Oh, you know what, Tim? At these networks, it's always so interesting when someone asks me that question. A client of mine the other day said that although a lot of people might think that what I do is boring out there, my client assured me that I've turned it into the most sexiest, exciting, and lucrative thing on the planet. All right, now, you can tell I'm, probably, I'm not originally from here. But are you like me in agreeing that America, even with its flaws, it's a great opportunity. You can make a lot of money in this country, right? Okay, so you're nodding your head yes for the viewers. <laughs> okay, great. So, That's right, for those people on TV that okay. can't see us, yeah. Yeah. So, and then I would say, well, look, let me see if we're on the same page with this. As much money as you want to make in this country, you only want to give Uncle Sam your fair share, right? You don't want to give Uncle Sam any more than what you have to, correct? Yes. yes. Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> I'm just making sure. Okay, so people will be saying yes. Okay, great. Hey, let's say I was to come along to your office next week and just take a look at your books and make sure you weren't leaking one cent to Uncle Sam. Would that be at least a worthwhile meeting to have? Probably. Yeah. Great. All right. I've not told him I'm an accountant, I do taxes, and I've gone in a formula approach. I've made us the same around America and thinking it's opportunistic. I've made us the same in that he doesn't want to give Uncle Sam his fair share. And then I've done a call to action, clear question. Would it at least be worth a meeting? And now I'm going to elevate it one step there. Here's what most people do after networking. They get a business card. All right, and here's hopefully an elevation lesson for yourself from earlier. When you get a business card, you then have to come up with a glorious email. We met at this event. All right, let's set up a meeting. Well, what if you can eliminate that step by just putting and, and just answer so the viewers see it because they're not, not doing like a right, thing where they right. see this stuff. I would turn around to you, Tim. I'm like, Tim, you, you've been to these things. I, I think they call the term ghosting. No That's fun. correct. It's no, yeah. it's no fun, right, to, be, to have that happen, correct? Correct. Technology's come so far. I operate my whole business from my calendar in my phone. Do you have your phone with you? Yes. All right. I tell you what, today is Saturday, August 21st. It's 9.35. There's a great coffee spot. All right. I don't, have you ever been to Foxtail yet? I don't drink coffee. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. well, I have been, but yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, tea on me or whatever you drink, all right, how does your, rather than us having to come up with this glorious email that we met, how does your Wednesday next week look at 2 p.m.? I and think it's great. Okay, great. And so what you're doing is in 30 seconds, you're actually setting up the meeting. You've saved yourself having to come up with this glorious email that's going to be robotic anyway, typically, because that's another area of communication where I help people is what are you doing in your emails? All right, if there's no question in your email, 
you're not getting a meet or you're less likely to get a meeting, right? They're like, let's meet. They put words like, I want to meet. Well, they don't, do they care about what you want or what they want? It's about the, what they want. They want. So we've got to stop saying, I want all over the place. These, and, and that's just an extra tidbit of a lesson there. But the idea behind networking, to get very clear focus in this lesson, is this. You go networking, someone asks you what you do. When you make an I statement, you go off on a tangent about everything you do. You're oversharing stuff that's not necessary. The only thing you want to be selling is a meeting. How do I get this person to want to meet with me in the near future? And here's an added truth. If someone doesn't want to meet with you and they've secured a meeting with you, okay, you know what they'll do? They'll text you to say they can't make it. Oh, well, all right. But you can actually, you, the amount of meetings that you get using that approach is going to be way further and less time consuming on your next week moving forward. You on your um, your voicemail, you say, I'm Craig with Vets Growth. I'm helping one of my clients do whatever, increase their growth and do something. So right. you say that's what you're helping your clients do on your voicemail. Right. Well, so you're better, you, you want, okay, if it's okay teaching a lesson. Sure. You want to do a question that lowers resistance. And, 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 you know, it's funny, you're like, Jamie, you're giving away so many nuggets. There's like over seven hours of just curriculum that I teach like this. But just one word that helps out is the words at least. If I ask you, do you have time for a meeting? Everyone in the world says no. With I that, do. Like, no, but everyone's like, they'd rather watch something, binge watch something on Netflix yep. than actually learn how can I create a retirement for my family or anything of this nature. They, they, right? they forget the reason why they have a business. Yeah. But, but the question is, do you, the, the word between you, do you have time for? Watch this. Hey, let's say I can make a dramatic difference to you in X. Would that at the very least be worth meeting? Meeting. They're more likely to say yes. So on your call, hey, I've got these clients that are having me do this. Let's say that was something that would actually excite you. Would you at least see a benefit in having a quick call? See, Correct. And, and you, right. you kind of do yours. You yours see, is wait. better than mine for my voicemail. Your Craig's better is voicemail is much better than that because he basically tells the reason what he's helping clients do and how that's of a value to them, which you talked about earlier. It's but instead of saying it should be a value, it's just phrasing a question of right because what happens is when we read a question, we're engaging with it. Right, my girlfriend, she won't be listening into this. I'll see her later. But online dating, some of my clients use me to help them get online dates. And one of the things when I was originally doing online dating, I never say. I'm British, six foot two, or any of these things. I do a question, all right, in my profile that engages people where they can then say, yes, that would be of interest to me. Would you see these characteristics as a cool thing when choosing to go on a date with someone? All right, question mark. And then I write, I'm a doting dad. I look like my pictures and I can hold a conversation actually in person. Let's say you like those things. Would it be worthwhile? Question mark. And all of a sudden they're starting dialogue with like, Oh, I love those things. And da, 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 da. The one-off question, if people really want to sell, where they learn one-off question that they can ask someone that gets them selling themselves without you telling them anything, here it is. So Craig, I'll, I'll, I'll use this on Craig as an example. Hey, Craig, before I share anything around communication with you, all right, before I do, what benefits would you even come up with in life to be better in the area of communication? That's a good question. I know. I would have to say uh, it's really connecting with the people, learning what they're trying to accomplish. Okay, elaborate on that for me. A lot of people, they, they think they, when they start a business, when, since we're talking about entrepreneurs, they really don't have the full understanding of the steps that's required to get them into that world. 
they go, I have a widget. They go to score, which says, okay, tell me what is it you're trying to accomplish? Well, I have this thing that says, okay, where's your business plan? I don't need a business plan. Your business plan is your start of your business because there are so many factors that there's things that they don't realize, as I did. Just because I was in hotel sales for 23 years, I threw it away at all. I met six of them, but I didn't meet 19 of them. And then since this world has kind of changed, I regrouped, met Tim, and Tim and I started talking about our entrepreneurs. Watch this. All right. Not to cut you off. I know obviously we're yeah. time restricted here, but hopefully the audience watch this. I didn't go into that meeting saying, hey, here's why you should be good in communication. All right. And here's all the things I can do for you. I'm just asking what's in it for you. Before I even share about communication, what benefits would you come up with for being better in it? I can actually show, and I show in the curriculum, how you can get a young lady to drive two hours to see you just by saying, hey, what benefits would you come up with if you could share to drive down to see me? She lists them off. One, spontaneity. Two, new opportunity. Three, interesting conversation. Four, living the moment. Five, no regrets. I'm like, I agree with everything you shared. So with that being said, what do you think you should be doing right now? And it goes back to the original point. When you can end your dialogue with, I agree with you, you sublimely made it the other person's idea. So all I'm learning from you, when I ask you what benefits are in it for you, I'm just listening now to things where I'm like, what's the most valuable out of those? And then when you tell me what the most valuable is, I, I can lead you on questions where I'm like, do you believe I can help you? And when you say yes, I say, what value do you place in that? A low one or a high one? High, terrific. You're going to see the investment's going to be very simple. And it's easy to ask for the business. It's not some monumental thing. And again, I'm trying to cover, obviously, during the Yeah, you're trying, you're trying to cover a bunch of stuff I'm in a very short time. And it's, so we'll have to have you back. Well, hopefully the audience realizes it's when it's tall, it's slower. Or when it's broken down, it's not gift or gab. There are formulas. There's reasons you say X, reasons you don't say certain things that are going to evoke the emotion in the person that you're looking to attract in front of you, whether that be for trying to get your kids to eat. Most parents, just as a, for anyone who's a parent, your kid does something naughty. You ask them, what were you thinking? Why did you do that? You said earlier, like, what do I teach? You're meant to say the opposite. Not, why did you do it? What were you thinking? Hey, why shouldn't you have done that? Then you're going to see your kid's eyes going to their head, and they're going to start thinking of the reasons they shouldn't have done it. And now they're going to share that they have a greater understanding. So you can say, I agree with you with your kids. Secondly, most parents say this. How do you know you don't like that? Have you ever tried it with the food? Oh, yeah. That's, I, a, that's a classic. Okay, so I turn around to my daughter or my son. I'm like, hey, do you think daddy feeds you healthy food because I care about you or I don't care? That's a question. They say, because you care. I'm like, okay, what benefits would you come up with for eating that broccoli? Now, they have to think about it. They have to sell themselves in it. I'm not telling them anything. You can get your kids off your device and make it their devices and make it their idea. Ruby, my daughter, is it good or bad to be on your device too much? It's bad. Why is it bad? I'll end up with no social life, like a hermit in a room all by myself. These are her answers. <laughs> I'm like, Ruby, that sounds terrible. How would you feel if that was your situation in life? Awful. I'm like, okay, so when it comes to your device, what are your thoughts? I don't think I should be on it so much. I'm like, I agree with you. Again, it's all formula-based. And that's called what, why, how, by the way, for people. And I haven't got, I feel like we've run out of time. Uh, I apologize, no, Tim, no, like, from no. my standpoint. This is a very loose kind of thing. If we run over, we run over. And I'd rather, we didn't give the opportunity. How do people contact you? You have a website. How do people find you? Do you know what? You guys were brave enough to give your cell phone numbers on here. And I'm of the mindset that when someone 
if I resonate with someone and they really do value what I teach and they believe I can help them, my cell phone number, 407-620-7862. Right, and your website is? It's artofconsciouscommunication.com. And if you go on there, you find a bunch of stuff about what you have done, some of your clients, but a lot of how you can help an entrepreneur, which is where I kind of focused. Yeah, you know, the entrepreneur journey is interesting because you bring up the website right now. I'm sure people might believe this. My website is being revamped. I'm, I'm revamping a website. Things grow organically. Things change. You know, it's I've never had a business card. You know, I've ne- I don't typically get business through my website. I get business either through Facebook when I do a post that the only thing I'm seeking is engagement. And I get business through someone. No- Edward Jones came from someone knocking on my front door. Uh, I go networking. And hence, that's how I met yep. you, Tim. Yep. All right. People can go to my website. I don't know if it would do as much justice. If something I've shared on this po- if if someone was me on this podcast and they've sh- that would they think that they would if they were me they would want someone to reach out to them by phone because of something that I've shared. And if they can understand that that would be the ideal that they would want, then they'd understand where I'm happy to get so, that phone call. So you take anything outside of the state of Florida? That leads me to bring this up. A lot of people with COVID they might look at it negative. Honestly, I'm someone where I pride myself. I was stubborn. I'm never going to do anything online. I just, I get enough business speaking in front of rooms and I'm going to arrange and I like the personal touch, mm-hmm. right? COVID comes along. I w- it forced my hand and my business has scaled. I've got clients from New Zealand, Utah. Last night I did a presentation to a group of women in Portland, Oregon and brought on clients. It, it's done me a favor if people can understand that it's actually done them a favor. Actually, from we're going to do you a favor because we're in uh, 18 countries, uh, 37 states, 88 towns in Florida. Hopefully, and somebody will contact you. about Somebody it. will contact do you, you. Do you know what the truth of the matter is? I put, I put my money where my mouth is. I'm not being, like, if we can be, if you like me, you like transparency. What I'm doing is I'm making us the same with that. I'm not paid to be here. I don't get paid to give my presentation. Good, because we we were getting worried about that. <laughs> uh, I, when I give my presentation, the way I go about it is that expression, I put my money where my mouth is. All right. I teach stuff. If someone has learned something today and they've realized it, all right, and they actually understand that if I was to ask them, do they think communication is important? If they really actually care about getting better, that person will call me. And and, and, and they will, and they'll learn, and they'll learn something. Tip of the day today was, and you kind of alluded to it, you had two ears, one mouth. Right. We should listen twice as much as we speak. Now, for you, that's a little challenging, especially when you're going out and doing your thing with a group of people. It's not, it really, you you even... Do I have your blessing to teach a couple of things, no matter what the time is right now? Okay, so first off, most speakers, when when they get in front of you, here's what they're going to do for the first 10, 15 minutes. They're going to talk about themselves and ego. My goal is to talk as little about myself, and I understand one thing. If I get in front of a room and I just talk, that's me teaching. Selling is engagement. All right, so the first thing out my mouth is, real quick, before I start talking about communication, how many of you, like me, actually think communication is important? Show of hands. Every hand goes up. My next question, before I start teaching you stuff around communication, what benefits would you guys come up with for being better in the area of communication? And then people in the room are like, I'll get more sales. I'll have better relationship with my kids. I'm like, oh, terrific. Hey, if I can teach you questions you can ask people that get them to sell themselves on what you do without you telling them anything about yourself, who would love to learn that kind of question tonight? I've already asked it. And then the next part is this. 
if you invite me along to talk, which or whoever invites me to talk to that big group, I turn and say this, hey, do you guys need to know anything about me? Or do you just have complete faith in this person who's invited me that I must know what I'm talking about with regards to communication? Or what, 99% of the time, they will say, I have faith in the person who invited me. And here's where people go wrong. You don't have to share a bunch of stuff. You might actually lose business if you start sharing things with people that you didn't need to share. And the first lesson I then teach is oversharing. How many of you have ever been so passionate about something that you start talking about it a lot? And everyone's like, yes. I'm like, you are sharing too much information that's going to get people. Uh, they won't value everything that you share. It's a lesson for you, Tim, if you're ever going to present. When you're speaking in front of a group, it should never be one way traffic. My whole thing is engaging with questions. And I'm looking at the audience as I'm talking to see the facial reactions. I'm looking at the head nods. I can even get someone to nod their head just by going like this. So can <laughs> I? Right. So just hopefully as a lesson for yourself, when or for anyone who's listening, if you're presenting in front of a group or one-to-one, -one, the same thing, the idea is to ask engaging questions. And with listening, just to elevate one more thing, conscious communication. Yes, everyone's been taught in Sales 101. Two ears, one mouth, so we should listen more than we talk. Here's conscious communication. It's what are we listening to? If we ask a question like, how are you? Are we listening to anything that's going to help us? No. All right. So it's asking best questions that are actually going to get the information because we want. There's three things that are going to get someone something in life when communicating. Gathering information. All right. Garnering understanding. Predictability. Sounds like being a cop. That's what they it teach does, us. Yeah. I've if been you, taught that 20 years. You, got, you, you gather information right, that you're going to get to leverage back. If someone tells me, oh, my God, I'm going through this situation or what have you, I'm gathering information, garnering understanding, you put them in your shoes. I learned this from my ex-wife. You, you, you've been, you're married, correct? Yep. All right. Are you, are you in a relationship? or anything? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Have you, did you ever have this situation? I, I can credit on, on a podcast, Rachel Miller, she's going to love this. It's our approach, all right? If she did something, very rare as men are we ever right, all right? But sometime in the blue moon, we're right. Yeah, every once in a while. But it's our approach that makes a difference. If I went to Rachel, I cannot believe that you did X. That was never met with an apology. But then watch this. I'd go away, I'd come back. Hey, Rach, I thought about it. If I would have done the same thing that you did, you would have been pretty furious. She goes, you know what? When you put it that way, you're right. I'm sorry. And it just, as a conscious communication play now, you put people in your shoes. You haven't caught on, and none of the audience would have caught on to this, and I'm now going to teach a lesson. There's four words that you can use to garner understanding from another individual. If I'm a realtor and I'm going into a house to get a listing, and I say to the prospective seller, hey, look, if you were me and you're a realtor and you're coming to someone's home, would you want to make them feel very confident in your services within the next 15, 20 minutes? The person's going to say, yes, great. What would you need to hear from me to feel that sense of confidence to list your home with me? They're going to tell you everything that they need to hear so from you. So you are, you are, they are generating the answers, like you said rather very, than, very beginning. Rather than going in there with this tailored, scripted, let me tell you all about me, it's no, what's in it for you? And predictability. Every time I say I'm an American, I drive a truck, you guys laugh. At the beginning, 100% of people laugh when I say that. If every time I know when I say something, I'm going to get a reaction... Keep doing that play because it means that you're predictable on the outcome that you want. The only problem is 
it's what type of little vehicle you're driving. We know there's only real one truck. <laughs> it's called a lorry. <laughs> whatever, the, whatever. The, the idea is if I, if I know that I can ask someone, are you like me? Do you think communication is important? And 100% of hands are going up. I'm building rapport with everyone. People buy from people they feel the same as. And you have to, there are ways in verbiage that you can make that happen. Correct. And again, we haven't got all the time in the world. Hopefully that was some additional bonus uh, stuff for you there. Well, you know, Tim, it's basically. funny that we do, I do a lot of chamber stuff whenever, we, whenever I can, when we have the ability to do that. I would love to see, and I've started doing this after the time we met, actually, when somebody says, you know, stand up and give your 30 seconds, who you are, what you do. And I, I start asking questions. How many love being on television? How many love speaking in public? How many love what you do? And and all of a sudden, it changes as opposed to, hi, I'm Tim with GRP Studios. I have a studio in Longwood. I can blah, 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 blah. Because I hear the same thing when I listen to, I'm with a realtor. I'm a financial analyst. I'm a life coach, whatever it is. I'd love it when somebody stands up and says, I'm a real estate detective. Who needs help in finding the real estate? It's, it's just something different. I get I get in trouble. I've stopped going to networking because exactly what Tim is saying, I will stand up and do a different analogy versus this is who I am. And he goes, well, you're supposed to be talking about who you are. As everybody knows me in my room, I've been here how many times? It's trying something new to bring it out to them, get their attention. Solve that I, problem they no, don't even have, know they have. I love it. The only thing I would do to elevate, if, if I was you, Tim, and I'm at an event and I'm just wanting a meeting, that's all I want from this group. I'd be like, look, how many of you like me believe that a lot of what comes down to getting business is visibility in front of people? Who sees that's common sense? Let's say there was an individual who helped people to get visible. Would that be a good person to at least have a meeting with? Show of hands. All right. Let's say I'm that person who would think it would be a great action at the end of this meeting, to come and approach me so we can set up that meeting. All right, if your hand is up, I'll see you at the end. Cheers, I'm Tim. So 30 then, seconds you've shared that. you got a twin? Man, he's I'm, good looking. I'm, he is good looking. <laughs> good looking. But, that, but that's simply all I, all I would do if I'm selling people in the room. You've got entities like BNI, which I've, I've been a part of, where it's you're more of a farmer than a hunter. I, I love being the hunter because I love people coming up to me at the end. And here's what's amazing. You're never going to sell 100% of people. You don't have to. If someone said, here's millions of dollars, I'm not going to say, no, please keep it. In the other sense, though, bringing on 100 clients for me a year, and this is the level of the work I'm doing, and, and things of that nature to actually genuinely help people and hold their hand through the process so it's customized for them. I'm, I'm as happy as can be just with that approach. Give me your phone number. Oh, wow. So, okay. Um, well, watch this. I'll elevate this. Oh, people okay, do good. things on emotion. Just by logic. He's asked me for my number. Here's what an amateur would do. Okay, here's my number. Why would you like my number? I have thousands of people listening to us, and I think they need to know who you are. Okay. Why, do you, why would you say that? Because we believe in what you're telling us is correct. Okay, great. Do you see how I... And that, so now when I deliver my number, there's been elevation in emotion. There's been a reason behind it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So my telephone number, since you asked, is 407 620 7862. Well, you know what? There is a bunch of other stuff we could talk about. And you know what? Get a hold of Jamie. He can help you. He can help you in a lot of ways, but you need to talk to him and find out why it's important for him to help you in a bunch of ways. What else we got, Craig? I'm not 6'2. I'm the opposite way. I'm probably 6'2 in the width. <laughs>
That's all right. We'll be back on the next one. See you then. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Check Your Six podcast. Tune in again next time for more information on your small business development.